Welcome to the Bethel World Outreach Church Podcast. It's our prayer that wherever you are in life, today's message will help you draw closer in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. I want to welcome you all here tonight, this evening, whether you're watching online, whether you're here in the sanctuary, I want to welcome you in a special way. Um, These are some troubling times, some trying times, some challenging times, and the world as we know it is taking all kinds of turns, taking all kinds of turns, and it's like every single moment is something new to worry about. True or false? True or false? (laughs) Who said false? True or false? Every minute that we get on this earth, there is something new to worry about. There's something new to consider. And it's like, my goodness, man, what else could go wrong? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You watch the news, it's bad news. I mean, it's like, when will we get a break? Tell your neighbor you're not going to get a break. Well, I don't hear you talking behind your mask. <laughs> Tell your neighbor you're not going to get a break. See, what, you, what you're seeing now... So what you're seeing now is just the beginning. So put on your seatbelt. So put on your seatbelt. Strap on your hard hat. Anybody ever been out to uh, see a construction, a site, a construction site? Usually they tell you to make sure you're wearing a hard hat because you're liable to have stuff fall on your head and that could be a lawsuit, that could be an issue for the company that's building, it's just, it could be a lot of problems. Right? Well, in this thing called life, in this building of a life, there's going to be a lot of problems. And I, I, I hear the Lord saying, put on your helmet of salvation. Somebody, look, 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 don't miss it. Put on your helmet of salvation. Why? Because there are all kinds of debris flying at you. And unless you remember that you're saved, this is not even a part of the message, man of God. The Lord just said it to say it this way, so I'm going to say it. Unless you remember that you're saved, you, you're liable to snap. Hello? You're liable to lose your mind. Put on your helmet of salvation and remember what grace has made available to you. Because if you don't, you're liable to lose your mind. That's for somebody who's probably battling mental health issues, who's struggling with their thought patterns, who's struggling with depression and anxiety. Put on your helmet. Don't you dare take your helmet off in this time. Remind yourself. But that's not the title of the message. The real title of the message is, are you available? Are you available? How many of y'all available? I'm looking to see. One hand, two hands. Three, four. Wow, a lot of available folks. So I asked my kids this question as we were coming, and my youngest one said, available for what? I said, this boy's wise. It's a wise man on the on, on 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 come up. A lot of y'all raised your hands, said, I'm available. And you don't know what you're, you're, <laughs> you're being asked to do. Is it possible, is it even possible that many of us have said, I give myself away so you can use me, yet you don't know, really don't understand why you're being asked to give yourself away or to be used. 
And so we come Sunday after Sunday in this situation, Saturday after Saturday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and we're, we're, we're giving ourselves away, and we really don't understand or fully comprehend why we do this. And the question that I ask is a question we, we, I'm, we're going to attempt to answer, and the question still remains, are you available? If I'm talking to a friend, I'm saying, yo, what's good? You good? All right. Uh, you available? He probably won't even question why I'm asking. He'll probably say, yeah, you mean, what do you mean? I mean, what, what's up? We, we hooking up somewhere? What? Okay, because I have a relationship and I ask the question, he's not going to be that concerned. But if a stranger calls me and says, are you available? The first question I'm going to ask is, how did you get this number? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like some strange number calls you, you're not going to say, oh, yeah, sure, we can meet at 7-Eleven. Uh, no. Don't do that. You won't. I believe the Lord has picked up the phone in 2020. He's dialed our number here on earth and he's saying, is my church available for this harvest? Some of us have refused to pick up the phone because you know that call. <laughs> you know who's calling and you're like, I still got some more things I need to do. I mean, come on, Lord, just give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me one minute, I'll be with you in a second. Can you imagine putting Jesus on hold? Hey man, I, I don't know if I'm talking to somebody or everybody or somebody online, but can you imagine Jesus is calling and he's saying, Michael, I don't know how I call your name, but I'm gonna call you for this example. Hello, Michael, I need you. And you're like, hold on, I'm gonna put you on hold. I got another call to take. I promise you I'll come back. And I don't know if you're like me, some of y'all need to confess your sins, but if it's somebody you don't wanna talk to, you will keep them on hold for just a little long until they hang up automatically. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you come in, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. I ain't mean for the phone to hang up on you, bro. What's good? Can you imagine doing that to Jesus? I just want you to hold that thought. Let's go. There's, there's, a, there's a theologian called John Piper. Anybody familiar with John Piper? John Piper, look him up. John Piper, amazing guy, um, you know, has some great, you know, he, he, he's the author of this whole site called Desiring God, I believe. I mean, great, great conversationist, right? But he made a statement years ago. He said, missions exist. Missions exist because worship does not. Missions exist because worship, and I'm paraphrasing it, because worship does not exist in this present world. The reason why the church exists is not necessarily to go out on the mission field per se. The reason why we're going out on the mission field is to reintroduce people to the God who they ought to love and worship. That's it. Our sole purpose for still being here, the reason why I'm still here is to reintroduce, because a lot of us lost connection in Adam. Every one of us came into the world with a disconnected phone line. Can't hear, can't see, can't fathom God. We come into the world and it's like, eh, what God? I'm gonna do my thing. And so Jesus went through all that he went through to reconnect the line of communication. And then he said, and I'm leaving you here to make sure that you work this thing that I established. Missions exist because worship is missing. I, I you know, uh, I graduated from Oral Roberts some 10, 12 years ago, and one of the things they said to us was go into every man's world where 
and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this as well, where my voice is barely heard and my life is barely seen. Go into every man's world. We like to gather in the church house. That's great. But we're called to go into every man's world. We're called, look, Jesus could have stayed in heaven and he would have been quite fine with the old system, but he said, nah, that's not working. I need to come into every man's world. I have to go on a mission. What makes you think that has changed? That hasn't changed. It is still the same program. It's so funny how many have now tried to tweak it a little bit and make it about gathering here all together as one happy family, kumbayaing, and the world is dying outside. It's funny. Because that's not what God is doing in this season. Just look at the news. Look at what's going on. So many people are dying by the tons on their way to hell. So many. And we're coming and we're just satisfied with standing on the pulpit and sitting in the pews. And people, people you know, friends you know, family members you may or may not know, is perishing. God forbid. Say God forbid. God forbid. Go to Exodus chapter 1 verse 8. I want you to see something. When the Lord commissioned Moses, he told Moses, Moses, I told you earlier about worship and the mission. He told Moses one simple thing. He said, Moses, you go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. It wasn't like a whole sermon series. It wasn't, <laughs> there was no exegeting and hermeneutin'. There was no, look, he said, Moses, one message. I just got one message from Pharaoh. Verse, 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 eight, sorry, verse, chapter eight, verse one says, and the Lord spoke to Moses go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. The, the, the NIV version says, let my people go so that they may worship me. God had a plan to take the children of Israel, the promised people, to a promised land. But in order for them to get to that promised land, they had to come out of the bondage land. Somebody hear me. In order for them to come to the promised land, they had to come out of the bondage. And it took a man, not an angel. It took a man just like them, a commoner in every sense of the word, because Moses had got kicked out of Egypt. And Moses had lost his place of authority. And Moses is not a shepherd, a regular guy cleaning sheep. Living with his father-in-law. Can you imagine the conversations they had? Well, man, you're useless. <laughs> Just this is my rendition. You still living with your father-in-law? What you doing? You can't get your own crib, bro? Man, you used to be in Egypt. You used to be the dude. What happened to you? Moses was humble. He stayed under Jethro. He understood what it, mean, what, what it meant to be a man. I'm saying to somebody, before you start getting antsy and ready to leave the house, you need to sit down and learn some things. Because from the land of bondage to the land of promise, there's a lot of training in between. And if you're going to be about that life, I'm talking about this harvest life. If you're going to raise your hand and say, I'm available, you better be willing to be trained. Are you hearing me? So Moses, your message is simple. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go so that they can worship me. Tell Pharaoh, tell him. Y'all know the story. Moses went and told Pharaoh. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Pharaoh tried to fight it, but you can't, your, your little arms are too short to box of God. He tried and he tried and he tried, and what happened? They end up leaving Egypt, 
and that generation died in the middle passage and a whole new generation had to rise up and they end up entering into the promised land. But say it took a man, say it took a man. Say it took a man. It took a man to do that. It took a man. So that says to me, because I had a conversation with a dear young man of mine this week, and he asked the question, he said, Pastor V, Pastor V, please help me figure this out. Help me, I said, what, what, what you talking about? He said, if God knew that Adam and Eve are going to do what they did, then why did he allow them to do it? What kind of God is this? Why did he allow them to mess things up? So let me tell you about the kind of God that he is. He's a God of free will. He's a God of, he's a God of volition. He's not going to force you to do anything. Because Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our likeness and image and let them have dominion and let them rule. And whatever they decided to do, God said, that's what it is. And he gave man dominion. I'm talking about the fact that when you watch the news right now, and you're probably wondering, why is the world looking like this? If there's a God, you're pumping your fists in the air. If there's a God, then why is all this going on? God is giving you dominion in this realm. And so whatever you decide to make it, it is what it is. If you want to make it hell on earth, it is what it is. If you want heaven to come down, it, whatever you decide, my goodness. God did that. So no wonder Jesus had to come as a man. He had to come as a man. He said, a body you have prepared for me. I'm going somewhere. A body you prepared for me. And he came into time and he, out of eternity and he walked this earth as a man and he did what he did as a man. And then he left. And there's still men and women in this room tonight. The question still remains as we're on this little journey, are you available? Because I remember he said, greater works what? Greater works what? Greater works you will do. All right, well, you, you'll get it. Go to the next uh, Bible verse we have that has. In Matthew 9, 36, the word declares, but when he saw, this is Jesus, I told you he walked the earth as a man. So he was able to feel the pain of the people. He was able to, to relate. I mean, Jesus was really relatable. He hung with prostitutes. He hung out with tax collectors. I mean, the worst of the worst. Jesus was with them in their midst, working with them. It says, when he saw the multitudes, he was what? He was what? He was moved. Which means he didn't sit up here and say, okay, God bless you, it'll be okay. If, if you understand this story, these people have been following Jesus during his ministry. They have been following him. They have been following him. They have been telling him. They have been behind him. And the Bible says when he turned around, he looked around, he said, hold up. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary. Say weary. Some of you are weary. They were scattered. Say scattered. Some of you, your homes are scattered. Your hearts are scattered. Your mind is scattered. They were weary and they were scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Come on. Next one. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are, the laborers are, it's like Jesus is walking and he turns around and looks at the massive crowd. And then he looks at the 12. He said, I ain't got enough workers. <laughs> I mean, these 12 dudes, and hold up, he's 11 because Judas really don't, he don't matter in this equation. I need some more workers. The harvest is plentiful. 
There are weary people in every city and in every state and in every country and in every continent. People are weary and people are scattered. And Jesus looked at the 11, you know, the 11 and a half, because Judah still had a, he still had a purpose, right? And he said, man, the harvest is so plenty, but man, I need some workers. Are you available? He's asking that question tonight, are you available? There, there, there's a harvest out here. I mean, you watch the news, you keep looking long enough, you're going to see hurting people. They're not hard to find. Some of them are in your house. They're scattered and they're wary. Some of them are next door to you. Just, just, just stop for a moment and talk to your next door neighbor. You will find that they're scattered and they're wary. Just, just stop for a moment when you go to pump gas in your car and you look at that gas station attendant that looks like he's happy. Just start to have a conversation and you will find that he has a daughter or a son at home who's giving him hell. Scattered, say scattered, and weary, and weary. Go to the, ne the, the next verse. This is what I like. He says, therefore, pray. Don't just talk about it. Pray about it. Don't just have, oh my goodness, man, the world, I mean, there's Donald Trump, man. Oh, there's Mike Pence. Did you see the fly? I mean, I've been loving the memes. I'm sorry. The memes been really funny. I, I laugh too. You should learn to do that. It's good medicine for your soul. I mean, ridiculous stuff. We talk about people dying in the world. You showing me fly on the man here. What does it matter? If a fly sat there, it sat there. Okay, it's not about the fly tonight, I promise you. It was just real funny. He said, but don't talk about the problem. Pray. Don't just complain. Pray. He says, are you available? He said, uh, no, pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Somebody hear me tonight. When we say this harvest, you know, we're in a decision mode right now, and in a few days, there will be a major transition of this ministry, and so our minds need to begin to be tweaked and renewed concerning why we're here. We're not just here to do social gatherings. Hallelujah. We can barely do them nowadays. So obviously, God is shifting the church, my goodness. Obviously, God is saying, you've had enough sitting time. It's time to have some go time. Obviously, God is saying, you know what, my church is not a sitting church, it's a victorious movement. Listen to me. If something grabs you long enough and strong enough, you're going to get up and do something about it. And when I look at all these new movements that are popping up and you're out there protesting and some of us are right there behind them holding a sign, have you stopped to consider that you got a different movement you need to be about in this season? Have I considered... I can't stand them, but you know, the, the, the stuff that they, man, they don't have nothing to do with nothing. Get out there with them and share the gospel. Get amongst them and get to know where they are. What are their pain points? Understand the state of man before you start to criticize them. Jesus didn't say that's all of y'all, some all y'all going to hell. I mean, he had every right to say that because to be honest, we were all on our way to hell. We were all sinners. The Pharisee, the Sadducee, <laughs> and whoever you could see or could not see, all going to hell. Yet he chose not, he had compassion, and he said, well, I need you to pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest to do what? Send out laborers into his harvest. Oh, this is so good. 
Because you see, if it was somebody else's harvest, then I don't have a right to go there and take the, oh, Jesus help me. You see, if it was somebody else's harvest, then I got to ask them permission, sir, can I come and pick your crops? But this is Jesus's harvest. This is, <laughs> I got some farm property in Liberia. I can go on my farm whenever I want to. However I want to, barefooted or boots, because it's mine. The Lord is saying, you can go out there however. Stop being so scared to talk to people. Stop being so afraid to, inter- to interact or to engage the harvest. Why? Because it is the Lord's harvest. And the last time I checked, we are the Lord's property. We are joint heirs. We are connected. So whatever belongs to him belongs to me. Oh, are you seeing it? We like to claim all of the, oh, I got my blessing, blessing. Let me tell you the greatest blessing you got, the harvest. Oh, Jesus, thank you. That was something from you. The harvest is your, not the money, not the car, not the house, not the boy you've been eyeing all your life. Oh, he finally said hi. The blessing is the harvest. You know why I know that's so? Somewhere in the Bible it says, he who wins souls is wise. Mm, you need to hear me tonight. I hope, I hope my mind will shift. I hope your mind will shift. You see, whatever we're doing now should be pointing to an eternal reward. You're going to spend more time on the other side than here. If you live to be 500 years, that pales in comparison to your eternal state. And I said this a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about the unlimited partnership. I said, you're in business with the father. And the father wants a return on his investment. Which means everything that Jesus did on the cross, God wants to see that multiplied by a million. Not just sit there and say, yes, I'm redeemed by the blood. My goodness, I'm saved. Let me get my blessing. What blessing? This is the blessing. Going out there, gathering people. Your inheritance is the nations. Listen to me, young people. You're part of a church that's currently known as Bethel World Outreach Church. Not Bethel Local. Not Bethel Street Block, City Block. Bethel World. You know what that says? Your inheritance are the nations. And some people say, I can't stand Bethel. I'm going to another church. You missed it if you leave this house. I'm not saying other churches don't have it going on. They probably got better lights, better mics, and a whole lot of hype. But what you and I have, and what God has given us, nobody should look down on it today. You've been given the nations. We can go to Australia at any given point. I said it last week, God has made a, a, a window of opportunity in, 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 in South Korea. We, we got Indonesia. I'm talking about the nations. That is your inheritance. The question is, are you available? He says, I need, pray, pray, so that, so that we can send our laborers into his harvest. Go to the next uh, verse we got there. Holy Spirit, thank you. Now, obviously, if, you don't, if you've never heard about what kind of message, this is the message we ought to go with. As we go out into the harvest, as we go out into the field, as we go out into the Lord's field, there's only one message that matters the most. You know, I, I watched a documentary today, uh, like maybe 20 minutes of it, and after that I got, I got so disgusted because there's this one guy who was just like exposing the false gospel. You'll get a new car! Ah! 
I see your boyfriend coming. Oh, God, are you falling out? Oh, your life is about to change. Bring, hey, come, come, let my handkerchief touch you. If, if, I guarantee you, if there was some, one of them, okay, I, I, it's not my point. I just want to make a point. If we said tonight was a night for prophetic unction and anointing, what social distancing? This how you'll see people climb. I want my word. Climbing on one another. I want my word. I want my word. Oh, and then if you did something the night before, I said, I ain't going there. Because the prophet will expose me. There's <laughs> only one message that matters, y'all. It's right here. Let's read it. It says, now then, Paul speaking, now then we are what? We are ambassadors. Stop looking at yourself as, as something less than what God has called you. An ambassador is someone with regal support from their kingdom. All resources provided, all windows of opportunity made possible. I mean, all you got to say is, you know what, Mr. President, I'm here in Tanzania, and we need such and such and such and such, and your government will make sure that you have it. What are you talking about? I don't have, I don't have. You are an ambassador of Christ. Uh, you know, but I don't feel like it. I told you it's not about your feelings. Because <laughs> someday I don't feel like an ambassador. I feel like an angry dad. Mad at my children. Upset at my wife. Sometimes mad at my church. It don't matter. You are an ambassador. So cause your mind to shift and see your position in Christ. You are his representative on this planet. You are his personal person on this planet. When they see you, they need to see the kingdom of God show up. When they see me, it should be the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. The one message that Jesus preached was, change your mind, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. One message. He said we are Christ, we are ambassadors for Christ as though. Listen to how Paul says this thing. He says as though God were pleading through us. Can you imagine this massive God? The one who holds all of the oceans of the world in the palm of his hand, pleading? I want you to take a minute and just think about that. God, we're saying, we're not talking about any God, El Shaddai, Adonai, Elohim, El Elyon, the great I am, the one who spoke in all things, pleading through us. And this is what he's saying. We implore you, in Liberia we say, my man, I beg you, I hold your foot. I'm sorry if you didn't understand that. I hold your foot. I'm pleading, I'm begging you. This is, God, this is what God is saying right now to this generation. I, we implore you on Jesus' behalf, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. This is the message. I'm not going out there to bust you upside your head with a Bible. All I'm here to say is, my friend, if you only knew how wicked the lake of fire was, and how terrible hell is, and how much you're missing out on not being reconciled, be reconciled to God. This is the message for the harvest, y'all. Go to the next verse. For he made, this is the good news, and Bishop preached this thing so powerfully last, last week Sunday. Please go back and watch the messages. Go back and, and dial in and, and subscribe. For he made him who knew no sin. Jesus didn't even know what sin looked like. Had never experienced it. 
had no idea what it meant to go to hell. My goodness, listen to me. For he who knew no sin, he knew no sin. Knowing not just, I'm talking about experientially knowing sin. Some of yeah, I know him. No, you don't, you don't know him. You don't have an, ex, you, you, you've never had an encounter one day in your life. If I say I know this young man, I'm not just talking about I know his name. I'm talking about I know him as a person. We've had conversations. We've been involved in, in circles together. I know him. I know his tendencies. I've been around long enough to know his, his likes and dislikes. Is that how you are with the Lord? Let me go one step deeper. I know my wife. I know her. 20 years of marriage, I know her. I'm, I'm like, to the point now where I, she'll start a word and I'll finish the word and say, you weird, oh, you weird, what are you doing? Like we do that kind of creepy stuff. That is because we've had intimate encounters. Oh my God, Holy Spirit. Jesus became intimately aware of what sin was on your behalf. Everything that sin does to you has done to you, Jesus went through it. Are you listening? It said he knew no sin, he got to know sin. Not only that, to be sin for us. Oh, listen, God's wrath, all of God's big guns were pointed at sin. And guess what? We were his target. Because our very essence, our nature was sin. But Jesus said, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You don't got to do it that way, Father. Let me go ahead and stand in there stead. Oh, this is the gospel. Let me take on the full on weight. And even that day in the garden when he said, I don't feel like it. You know he said, I don't feel like dying. You know that, right? He said, nevertheless, it's not about my feelings, it's about my faith because I know who you are. I know what you call me to do. Listen, he became sin for you. He became sin for me. But it doesn't stop there. If it, just, if it stopped there, that would have been cool. Because at least he took on the weight of my punishment. But it didn't stop there. Say it didn't stop there. Say it didn't stop there. Say it didn't stop there. He became sin so that you can what? Become the righteousness of God in him. Ah, you missed it. You're not ordinary. You, not only are you an ambassador for Christ, but you are the righteousness of God in him. Which means every time God sees you, God sees perfection. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Listen to me. I know you feel like you're guilty sometimes. I know you feel like you miss it sometimes. I know there's time when I feel like, I'm like someday I'm like, Lord, why can't I appreciate these people? I know what my mind has been doing all week long. He said, but who told you about what you think? And about how you feel about yourself. What have I said about you? What about Sarah? What have I said about you? What have I said about you, Clement? You are the righteousness of God, which means <laughs> I don't know how else to explain this thing to you. You are you are as white in his presence as Jesus is, and this is white. This is dirty in his presence. <laughs> Listen to me. This is dirt compared to how white you are. Clean, completely clean. What business you got mingling with sin? If he took care of sin, that's a finished matter. If he took care of your sin, stop wondering whether or not you're forgiven. You are a forgiven person. 
I'm talking about the good news. Why I need to go to the harvest and what I need to say to the harvest. What I need to say to people that are out there. Look, my friend, you have been forgiven. The problem is they don't know it. Are you listening to me? There's nothing that's required for them to do. They just have to simply know it and declare their faith in it. <laughs> that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Go to the next passage. Say, I am righteousness. Say, I am righteousness. Say, I am righteousness. Say, I am righteousness. And then say this, say, I have peace with God. You see, one of the things we're required to do in regards to the harvest, and I'm talking about whether or not you're still available, right? We're required to go out there and declare the peace of God. The people, you're at peace with God. He says, he said, peace to you. You've been given peace. But can I say this to you? A lot of us don't know that we have peace with God, therefore we're not willing to share the peace of God. A lot of us don't know that we have peace with God. We're still trying to get things right, you know, I just got to get myself a little better, then I will share. Look, you're already, you're already at peace with him. There's nothing you need to fix right now. You just need to know that you have peace with him, and then you just have to show and go with the peace that he has given you. He said, but I'm not available because God, I don't have any peace. You have, say I have peace. Say I have peace. Say I have the peace of God. Say I have the peace of God. Uh, yeah, I don't see a mass movement, I just see that. Say I have peace with God and I have the peace of God. So I don't care what the enemy comes and tells you, whispers in your ears, you know, those out there, you need to remind yourself you're at peace with God. And this is the peace that you come out of. Let's go to the next verse. I want to run through this stuff real quick, I promise. And when he had said this, he did what? He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can only come to a place where peace of God was settled. Now that you have the peace of God and you have peace with God, you have access to divine power. You have access to the divine nature. You have access to divine instruction and wisdom. And that is only made possible by the Holy Spirit. Don't go stepping on the front line if you're not sure you're peace with God. Don't, because it, it's brutal out there. Don't go stepping out there if you're still not sure. All you have to do is declare, I have peace of God, I have the peace with God, therefore I have access to the Holy Spirit. Then we know what we're talking about. We're moving. We're moving. We're moving. Young people, listen to me. Everybody here, listen. Listen, listen. You have Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. This harvest that I'm telling you to go to, I'm not going to want you to go out there and go and figure it out. I have given you someone of the same kind who will enable you to work it the same way, the same way that I worked it, you will work it. We're trying to work it, we're trying to work it, we're trying to work it, we're trying to work it. And he's like, man, stop wasting time. I got a better strategy for you. We, we're trying to come up with ideas where we're trying, you know, he said, look, I need you to ch like chill out. What are you doing? I've given you the Holy Spirit. Some of us, we put the Holy Spirit in the unemployment line. He's sitting there like, when you ready, just let me know. When we will get to work, baby. Church, when will we get to work? The, the, the season is prime for a revival. The world is thirsty. The world is waiting. And we're over here, got the Holy Spirit like, <laughs> Can you, I don't want your unemployment check. I'm ready to work through you. I'm ready to work with you. Are you available? 
Okay, let's go to the last uh, deal here. I want you to see this story. Go read John 20, you'll get the point. But let's go to Isaiah chapter 6. You got to see this, and I'm going to close out on Isaiah chapter 6. Now, I asked a question earlier. Are you available? In this story, you'll see someone who went through a course of action that at the end caused him to say, I am. I'm hoping that's you tonight. Something I've written in my notes. By the way, I want you all to understand something. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Bro, I had all my notes in here. You want to know what happened to all my notes? It's somewhere in the deleted cloud somewhere. Oh, I love the Holy Spirit. I don't need no notes. I got Holy Ghost. <laughs> you see, <laughs> this story is a reflection of where we are. A lot of us want to go to work. I told you earlier, I said, mission exists because worship doesn't. A lot of us want to go to work and work for the Lord. Oh, I'm going to work for the Lord. Uh, Yemi, you heard some of this yesterday. I'm going to work for the Lord. I'm going to, you know, work. Can I tell you that in order to have a wow, W-O-W experience, you got to stop doing things backwards? You know what that wow really means, man of God? Worship over work. Uh-huh. Worship over work. A lot of us are coming out of the place, huh, out of the sanctuary, and we want to get to work. The Lord is saying, get back to worship. Because out of a place of worship, your perspective shifts, and you are able to share with no burden. You'll see it here in this story. Let's look at it. In the year that King Uzziah died, say, I saw. Say, I saw. This is Isaiah the prophet. Uzziah was his cousin. This man worked in the king's court, Isaiah. He was used to royalty programs. He was used to the king business, okay? He was in the king's palace. And I don't know what year it was, but for him it was probably like 2020. It was. Everything he was depending on died that day. Everything he was clinging to, that, look, first of all, my cousin's the king, which means I got that plug, I got that hookup, I got what it, look, I can just relax, Every, all of my needs are met, but then he had his 2020 experience. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, all of a sudden, I was able to see the Lord. Some of us, we're in a, a state, of, we're in a place now where it's like, just lift your eyes to the hill from where cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The year Uzziah died, Isaiah testified, this is testimony, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Next verse. Above him stood seraphim, these are angels. Each one had six wings. Listen to this. This is a full-blown worship experience he's having. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. Why didn't it say, with four, he flew, and with two, he covered? Because the angel understood whose presence he was in. He understood that he was in the presence of the Lord. And his presence is so radiant that I, I got to cover my face. The holy ground, I got to cover my feet. I've got to maintain my posture. The angel understood. And Isaiah is watching this stuff. He's having a full-blown worship experience in the presence of the Lord. 
And he's watching the angels do this. Go back to that verse real quick, guys. Verse 2. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he, he, he maintained position. Are you available to, that, to get to that place where worship is the thing that you are, you, you are desiring most? You prefer to just work, 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 fly, 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 be everywhere and everywhere. And I'm in church and I'm the usher and I'm on the praise team. Yet you have had no time in his presence. Isaiah saw that. Go to the next one. Let's go. We're going to roll. We're going to roll. Next one. And one cried to another and said, say holy. On this side, say holy. On this side, on my, on my right, say holy. In my middle, say holy. On this side, say holy. 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 This is the sound of heaven. Holy. 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 This is a song of heaven. Holy. 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 This is the resounding message of heaven. That God is holy. He's exalted. And the angels, I mean, it, it, it was like, it was a symphony. And it kept on it around holy. And Isaiah's watching all this. He's watching all this. The whole earth. Now, mind you now, Uzziah had just died. So he's been inundated with all of the pain and the grief and the loss, but the angels are saying the whole earth is full of his glory. In 2020, this is the year of glory. It can look like death. It can look like COVID. It can look like wars and rumors of wars, but the whole earth, the whole earth, the whole earth is full of his glory. It is. I said, you ain't even got to feel it. It is. He's the king of glory. Verse 4, let's go. Come on. And the, can you imagine this? And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Verse 5. Verse 5. Let's go. Keep moving. Give me verse 5. Come on. Isaiah 6, 5. Boy, don't slow down this train. We're saying holy. We're saying holy. We're saying holy. You stuck? Let me know. Wave at me. Oh, there we go. So I said, now listen, prior to verse 5, He's watching this huge situation, episode going on, and I can imagine Isaiah like, what is happening? I done took my focus on Uzziah, and I done seen the Lord, and I'm seeing more than I bargained for, and guess what he says? Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. You see, when you get a true revelation of who Jesus is, you get a true understanding of who you are and your present condition. Some people think they're more than they look. He said, don't think too highly of yourself now. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> if it wasn't for grace, if it wasn't for grace, don't you dare misunderstand what grace has done for you. Isaiah said, I am undone. Wish me I finish. And he felt like he was helpless and in, in despair. Come on, verse 6. Then one of the angels or the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, verse 7. And he touched my mouth with it. Listen to me. Are you available tonight? He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. The blood of Jesus is saying tonight, your iniquity has been taken away. Your sin has been purged. 
You are totally clean before the Father. There is nothing that can stop you from going forth. Are you available tonight? Are you available? Oh, listen to me, people of God. Are you available? Watch, watch it online. Are you available? Listen to what Isaiah says. And this is my prayer for us tonight. Go to, go to verse 8, verse 8. Also, I heard the Lord saying, look, you got to hear what God is saying in this season. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send in 2020? Who's going to go for us? I told you God gave you free will. He gave you choice. He could force you. He could force me. But he's asking a question and Isaiah just realized that the grace of God has shown up because he was undone and there's nothing he could do for himself. But the angel came and took the word and the fire and placed it in his mouth. Notice I said the word. Wasn't my accident. He gave him something. And out of gratitude, out of appreciation, when the Lord asked the question to Isaiah, this was the response. And who will go for us? Then he said, then Isaiah said, God didn't force the man. God's not forcing you tonight. You can hear this whole word about the harvest. They'd be like, yeah, I hear you. That's for the pastor. That's for the deacon. That ain't me. I'm good. And God won't even feel bad about you. But when you understand what the grace of God has done for you, young man, young woman, when you understand what God's grace has done for you, this is the only suitable response. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Man, I, know, I don't know about you, but I know my story. I know my backstory. You see, every major character in a movie or, or whatever has a backstory. I, you know your story. You, you know your story. You know if it wasn't for the grace of God, where you'll be. You know your upbringing. You know the countless things. You know what has happened in 2020. How many things could have been, should have been, would have been, but by the grace of God, whether you're watching or you're here. What do you think the appropriate response is in this season? That's all. You got seven days or so. And it's going to be a major shift. You better get on board. The train is leaving the station. <laughs> oh, ah, that's good. The train is leaving the station. And you got the nerve to even have a ticket in your hand. And where we're going is called destiny. Where we're going is called the nations. Where we're going is called soul winning on hyperspeed because the times are short. Christ is coming soon. You don't believe it? Turn on Fox 5 at 10 o'clock tonight. Watch CNN. People are losing their minds. They're weary and scattered. Wars and rumors of wars. Read Matthew 24. But yet he has preserved us. He has kept us. What do you think the appropriate response should be? Here I am, send me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I promise you, this one came from the Lord because all of my notes got deleted out of my, out of my iPad. I'm having to lodge a complaint with Apple. <laughs> but I believe the Lord wanted it to come out this way and this was his intent. That as you sit in these seats week after week, Hearing the word that you have heard tonight or from you you got you you are you are so blessed. The only appropriate response, whether you are a young adult, whether you're a teenager, whether you are a grandmother, 
whether you are wherever you black white purple and blue it don't it's not about race it's about grace your only appropriate response to me here I am Lord send me to the harvest field I want to do a different kind of altar call you don't even have to come up here the fact that you all are seating is perfect those of you that are watching you can type this in the in the uh, comment section if you're available I just want you to stand or type I'm available he asked the question are you available if you're available for the harvest stand you're doing this for the Lord you're not doing it for anybody here tonight oh the Lord is saying I got use of you I got I want to send you places I want to send you into the deep where my voice is barely heard and my light is barely seen and there's only one message one message is the message of the grace of God the fact that he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ if that's your prayer and you want to be that laborer raise both hands and you talk to the father you talk to him you talk to him for listening today. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. To learn more about Bethel or to support this ministry financially, please visit us at www.bethelcityofhope.com. You can also connect with us via Facebook or Instagram at Bethel City of Hope. Thanks again. Have a great day.